0: Hey everyone, we're back. The Fireball Inferno Episode 3. How's everyone doing? Well, I admit I meant to do these a lot quicker than the way that I have been doing them, but I recently have just been focusing on applying for jobs everywhere, and luckily I actually found one. So um, I'm gonna be moving down to San Antonio here pretty soon, so hopefully probably take another little hiatus after these two episodes I'm making, but um, after that, I should be working, and then probably in my free time, I'll get these out a little bit more com- uh, frequently, especially with the draft coming up. So today, I pretty much just want to talk a little bit about our goaltending, because I think that's probably the single biggest reason that the Stars are in a playoff spot right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have the number one wild card spot. I think we have either a two- or three-point lead right now in the standings. And if we win tonight and the Blues lose, we actually move up to third in the central. So tonight we potentially have the opportunity to take a spot and get out of the wild card. But going back to goaltending, look, everyone's already talked about Bishop. Everyone loves Bishop and all that kind of stuff. I love Bishop. I I admit at the start of the year, Bishop started a little sluggish, but he's rebounded extremely well. The guy, I don't think that we're given enough credit for just how amazing he's been is Kari, because, just quickly, Kari has a 91.9 save percentage, and that's the exact same as Bishop, and so, at the start of the year, I was a little bit low on Bishop, but at the start of the year, guys wanted to get rid of Kari, I don't know if y'all remember this, but people were posting, especially after, you know, the first game of the year against Vegas, where he blew the lead, oh, he's done, the past three years of Kari, that's all we're getting, and I think really he's done a lot this year to shut those people up because, and I kind of called it a little bit, guys were writing him off, like I said, but before the 2014 season, which was when we got rough, his worst year as a star where he played like more than 15 games in a season was, he had a ni- uh, 91.4. And I'll take that any day of the week That for any system that you run. That's a solid goalie right there. Um... But so, r- really, I kind of saw it coming just in terms of, I-, I thought once we got rid of Ruff and his just gung-ho, fire-everything-forget-defense system, I, I kind of thought Kari would bounce back. I didn't think he would bounce back this well, as he has. Um, looking into the future a little bit, I mean, he's, he's going to be 34 this offseason. He's going to be a free agent. I don't see a lot of teams offering him starter money, Whenever you look at the league, I think only, like, Lundqvist, Mike Smith, Pekka, Rene, Craig Anderson, uh, Ryan Miller, and Luongo. Those are probably the only guys who are older than him. And most of those guys that I talked about, they're already regressing. So if you ask me, one thing I think everyone should kind of get used to the idea of is possibly even bringing back Kari as a backup. I think, honestly, like, I'm all for it at this point. Um, I think he'd be a solid bridge goalie until either Landon Bow, Colton Point, or uh, Ottinger are ready to come up and be a backup. We got Bishop for forever, so they're not going to be fighting for the starter spot in a while. But I mean, cars thirty four give him I don't know two more years as as a backup, um, three if we we really want to be nice to him. But I mean, looking at the Stars' history of backups, I don't know about y'all, but. It it doesn't fill me with much confidence that we'd be able to just replace him. Um, I mean, does anyone remember Tim Thomas, Dan Ellis? I mean, come on, Bishop. Uh, Kari can obviously play behind Bishop in the system. Uh, Hitch says nothing but good things about Kari. I, I I'm all for bringing him back. But that's not to say that I'm not open to also checking the free agent market. I know, uh, Kemper. Bernier, I know both of those guys are going to be available this offseason. I'm down with either one of those coming up as well. Um, I like both of them in terms of being a backup, and they're both a little bit younger. Um, But ultimately, what do y'all think? Is Kari, is this kind of Kari's last run with us? Do do you think he's got a little bit more time left? Are you ready to move on? Do do you want to bring up Bo already? I know, Josh, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you're just going to be like, oh, Landon Bow, you gotta get Landon Bow up here and shut up. But I'm I mean honestly, Bowen maybe an extra year, bring him up. But what are y'all thinking in terms of goaltending? But moving on to the other thing that I think has really gotten us into playoff position, and I gotta say the way that the young guys on defense especially have really picked it up this year. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Hetherington because. As anyone saw, whenever we brought him up, I was not ecstatic about Heater. That's going to be his nickname. Um, but just as a prospect, I wasn't too impressed with him. There's certain criteria I look for in a defensive prospect, and he didn't meet it. So I'll get into that in a second. But Heater, just overall what he did whenever he was playing, he he was solid. It's kind of what I expected. He was you know, just solid. It wasn't flashy. Um he he's not Honka in the sense that he helps us break the puck out and do anything like that, but, I mean, he's capable in his own defensive zone, and really, if you're looking for a career third pair, uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, Yoki Yokipaka, Kevin, whatever you want to call him, um, just, he made the simple play, just play solid defensively, and really, that's all I was looking for in a call-up like him. Uh, personally, once again, I'm a Honka homer, everyone knows this by now, but I would rather Honka play, I think. In terms of defense, both of them are extremely similar. I don't think heater is a massive hitter. I mean, sure, he got into fights while he was up here, but both of them just play pretty much sound positionally, but Honka gives you the extra little capability of breaking it out a lot easier. You're not putting the entire load on Klingberg or the forwards. Whenever Honka's out there, um, it, it just opens things up on the ice. I guess is what I see with Honka. He he allows the forwards to move up and get behind the defenders and it just sets up more plays that way. But let's say this off season we let Hamus go for example. Just he's getting a little bit old and we got guys in the pipeline, defensive pipeline who are ready. So let's say we let Hamus go. I'm fine with Heater g- coming in and rolling on the third pair and seeing what he's got full time. I mean, just a little bit I saw, I'm I'm more than happy with what I saw. Um I think, like I said, I think his potential is probably just a third-pair guy because he doesn't give you much, or at least I didn't see much in terms of offensive production as a prospect in the AHL or whenever he was up here, and I don't think he helps you move the puck very much, but just play defense type of defender, sure, I'm down to give him a shot. Um, I think the other guy that we want to keep in mind is uh, Bayreuther, Bayreuther, however you pronounce his name, Um He's having an amazing. I was kind of surprised he wasn't the call up, to be completely honest with you. Um, if we let Patteron go this off season as well, I'm I I'm thinking the two of them are gonna fight over who gets the spot with uh, Hiskinen. I think Hiskinen's probably gonna start in the AHL next year. I am not hopping on the oh Hiskanen to the a uh, NHL next year. I am not in that boat. I think if you're coming from overseas, you need a year in the American League, but. I I'm definitely open to both of those guys getting a shot next year, and I and I realize oh we need veterans and stuff like that. I'm I I've never been big on that. I I I believe skill trumps everything, and oh we need leadership. Well guess what young guys can be leaders too. It's just a matter of having the opportunity. And if you have a bunch of old guys on your team who yeah they're leaders but they're not as good. So it it's give and take. It it'll be interesting how it plays out. We still have Mathot if he ever can see the ice again for leadership Klingberg at this point is a veteran in my book Lindell is uh I think this is only Lindell's second season but I mean we just have a young core so I'm fine with other young guys just getting together young guys work better with young guys in my opinion so but heater I I is kind of making me look like I ate crow but I I was wrong about him I I thought he would kind of be a liability and I was proven wrong and I'm big enough to say I was incorrect about that one the reason I was doubting him was one of the things I look for in scouting at least for defensemen I'm considering taking in the first two rounds is as a prospect basically if a defensive prospect their draft year wasn't able to put up 0.6 points per game chances are they aren't making the league. If they aren't able to meet that threshold, their odds of making the league drop off dramatically. I'm going to post a link in the description to an article kind of breaking that down. But really, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Heater was taken in the second round, and that that was way too high in my opinion. I probably wouldn't have taken him. I'm trying to remember where I had him on my big board that year. I think I probably have him in the fourth or fifth round just because he, he was a defensive defender. He has a decent shot, but he's not accurate with it, and he doesn't use it consistently. So for for me, the, I I fully admit I was kind of prejudiced against him from the start just because I thought defensive defender, and that's all I saw. And that's still all I saw, but he's capable, in my opinion, of playing at least seventh man uh, or third pair in the NHL, in my opinion. The final thing I want to talk about in this episode, like I said, I'm I'm releasing two of these today, but the final thing I want to talk about is so Geryanov finally is starting to show what he did as a prospect. Because whenever we took him, I, I fully admit he was not my top ranked player on the board, but I I was willing to, you know, look past that and just say, look, he's got offensive tools like no one freaking believes. Um his shot is amazing, his skating is amazing. Um he's to be obviously more sound defensively, but in terms of offensive skill and what you look for in a right winger he had everything. And so he recently like I said he just recently got his first uh, career AHL hat trick and I'm fine with everyone kind of likes to bash on Girianoff and I don't really understand why. He he like I said he he was a tools pick. He he was going any time to develop. He wasn't a plug and play or anything like that. It was definitely based on upside. And, and really if you look at our roster right now, he he th- there's no spot for him. Like our, our roster is full. You have Dickinson ready. He just needs to... I'll get into Dickinson in the next episode. But you have Dickinson in front of him. You have Smith in front of him. You got Ellie in front of him. You got Richie in, uh, R- R- Richie in front of him. You got Nachushkin coming back. And the only person whose contract is up at the end of this year is Roussel. So, I mean, I don't have space for him, really. Like, we're going to need him in the AHL for another at least another year or two. Um, so, so I I don't really see the need to freak out over oh he's not scoring like crazy. I mean, he has twenty points in forty six games, which isn't crazy. But correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's playing first line in the AHL. So I'm I'm cool with that. Everyone talks about Rupe Hints or Rupe Hints. How you pronounce his name either? But he, he only has twenty. He has five more points. Like everyone's talking about bringing up Hints and putting him on the second line when he has five more points than Gearingoff right now. And, and, and hints has been good. I, I am not bashing hints at all. I love hints. Whenever we got that pick, I was like, okay, I, I am extremely happy with that pick. He was a safe pick. I don't think he's... He he kind of reminds you of yeah, a better all-around Yanmark, to be completely honest with you. So I was totally fine with that pick. It was just a matter of... Um, Giryanov went in the first round. I think people got unrealistic expectations that, oh, he's a first-rounder. He needs to be ready right away. One of the things I like, I, I have liked about Nils drafting is that he looks to the future and at our contract situation and drafts accordingly. Like, if you're taking a guy who's going to start right away, he he better be a lot better than the guys who have been in the system, because otherwise people are just going to call for the guys who have been in the system. So I'm fine with off sitting, or playing in the AHL, I would much rather him be down there than sitting in the press box, but... I'm looking forward to seeing where he is in probably a year or two, because I think he still had all the tools, he just needs time to adapt. Um, And given our contract situation, I'm more than happy to give him that time. But what do y'all think? Is Gironov going to become my new Honka and I'm just being completely irrational? Or are are y'all worried about his development, or are you just fine with it like I am? So that's all the time I got for this episode, because for some reason I'm limited majorly by uh, loading constraints, but... I'll create the second one and get that out to y'all as well. See y'all in a bit.